I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, we are continuing our series on productivity and pleasure with the Enneagram Type 4. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. Today, my rose is my co-working space. I just feel so calm and productive when I'm here. Everyone is very nice, but also is here to work, so they aren't distracting me. And they just seem to have thought of everything, and I'm just grateful for it today. My thorn is that I have had some back pain the last few weeks. I am up to doing yoga in the morning and at night just to kind of manage it, but it's not subsiding, unfortunately, which is strange for me for it to last that long. But, you know, we're self-caring over here. My bud is that we head out tomorrow for our trip, and I honestly just love working from the road. I feel inspired and excited by even just working in hotel lobbies or random coffee shops. I love a change of scenery. (laughs) All right. Okay, friends, let's talk about productivity and pleasure for the Enneagram Type 4. If you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the intro episode where I talk about the importance of finding our rhythm with these two things and why I think productivity should exist as an entry point to more pleasure. In these individual episodes, I want to tackle what can prevent our productivity and tips for allowing our time we create through more productivity to be pleasurable. So, all right, Force, the number one thing that gets in the way of your productivity is expecting to be immediately great. You're probably sick of hearing me say this because I feel like I say it all the time on repeat, but it has to be said. Just in case you're new here, just in case you haven't heard me say this before, it's important that we say it. Oftentimes, our force feel much more comfortable with being a failure than with being a moderate success. Meaning, they're afraid of landing somewhere in the drudgery of just being average or boring or like everyone else. And the reason that that's so scary is because they feel this underlying pressure to be significant to make something really meaningful out of their life. And so average is unacceptable. Failure is kind of romantic and like beautiful and artistic, but average is kind of boring and can feel like retiring in the suburbs, emotionally, (laughs) creatively. Um, That being said, the reality is to do anything great we have to trudge through the average, right? We can't go from terrible to great without a season of average. That's part of the process. And the belief that people who are meant for things, writers who are meant to be writers, artists who are meant to be artists, that we just start out great is just make-believe. That's not real. maybe at best we have kind of a natural interest or a little bit of the natural skill set that we can hone and fix. But friends, if you read the writing that I was writing in my college English classes, 
and compared it to what I'm writing now, it is not the same. And hopefully what I'm writing now will be nowhere near as good as what I'm writing 10 years from now, right? So that's an important part of the process. And I think that oftentimes the type four energy says like, if I were meant to do this, I would be good at it. When in reality, everything that we ever become great at only happens because we show up every day and we try and we practice and we get better and we learn new skills and we improve. So if when you start something and you don't feel good at it, you give up, that makes productivity pretty hard, right? It makes it hard to make any progress on anything that you're doing because you have to be immediately great, which is an anomaly that's very rare. Number two, waiting for it to feel right. So when it comes to actually sitting down and doing hard things, sitting down and doing a hard task, sometimes our fours wait for the mood to be right, right? Like it just has to be, I don't feel like, I don't have the energy to do that, do all the dishes in the laundry, or I don't have the inspiration to write that story. I don't feel like I have like the mood to sit down and do my taxes. But the truth is that the mood will never come. That feeling will never come. (laughs) It will never feel right. Maybe every once in a while you'll catch a glimpse of that feeling and you'll ride that wave and that will feel magical and I love that for you. But 99.9% of the time when you have to do a task, it will not you will not feel like you're up for that task. Um, My husband, he's talked about this a lot when it comes to running and actually I found it really inspiring for me where he talks about like every day that I run, I don't want to. I never want to run, but I always am grateful that I did. And I think that that's the energy of the four that you guys have to carry around. You're never gonna want to do the dishes unless you actually just genuinely enjoy the dishes. But like these tasks, you're never gonna really want to sit down and do them. You just have to do them anyway. So you can put yourself in the position for it to feel closer to right. So maybe it's not gonna just feel right and then you're gonna be able to follow that feeling, but you can cultivate that feeling through routine, through little vibe checks. Um, You can say, okay, when I do the dishes, I listen to an audiobook to make it more pleasurable for myself. Or if I know I need to sit down and do my taxes, I'm gonna go somewhere beautiful, or I'm gonna light a candle, or I'm gonna you know, make sure that it's the day after I clean my house so everything feels good. Whatever you need to do to get as close to the feeling as possible, but understand that the feeling isn't going to drive your actions. You cannot let your feelings drive your actions. Your actions can sometimes cultivate a feeling for you. But if you wait to feel right in order to do things, you're never gonna do anything. Or you're only gonna do very select few things here and there. So make sure that your actions are not being driven by the way you feel so that you can actually get these things done. The other thing to keep in mind with this is that there's different energy for inspiration and production. So to be creatively inspired, you do have to kind of just live in the moment, you know, linger with pleasure, go enjoy yourself and try new things, put yourself in new positions, these things that maybe come a little bit more naturally. But when it comes to productivity, you have to create some sense of muscle memory 
to show up every day and do it or show up every week and do it. So maybe that's every Monday you do the laundry. Every Tuesday you, you know, do your bookkeeping or your accounting. Create some sort of ritual or routine that shows you it's time to turn your brain on. One of my little routines that I do is when I come into the office, I usually try to come in around the same time every day. I make myself a cup of tea. I usually use the same tea because I really do think it makes my brain turn on. I put on my headphones. I put in some like lo-fi music that I work to and I set a timer. And that's my little ritual of like, it's time to activate, (laughs) to turn on the part of me that's ready to produce. But we also have to balance that with that creative space. So just make sure that you're giving ritual and routine time for these things. Number three, deciding what you will make of your life instead of what you will do within your life. This is something I heard Morgan Harper Nichols say, and I literally think she's a genius. I honestly do. Morgan, if you're here, you know I think you're a genius. Um, but honestly, like I really do just think this is this one of the smartest things I've ever heard. It's on her TikTok. Go find it. But she said, you know, when I stopped, I had to stop thinking about what I will do with my life as in like this one life I have, I get it and then I have to make it into something versus what do I want to do within my life? What kind of things do I want to do in the large scope of my existence? And I think this is important for fours because so often the fours in my life think the things that they do define them. Meaning if I if I, you know, take this path of, of working at this coffee shop, then does that mean I'm a barista? Like, is that my identity? Is that who I will always be? Or maybe you think, I actually really love coffee. I'd like to work in a coffee shop for a while. That's something I would really enjoy doing within my life. That might not be what I do forever, but it's something I could enjoy doing for now. Maybe in within your life, you want to write a novel, maybe within your life you want to walk 10 miles, you know, whatever it is for you, you get to decide what you will do within your life instead of focusing on what you have to do with your life, instead of focusing on making your life the be this like decision of what you're going to do with your time today mean it's the decision of what you're going to make with your time for the rest of your existence. I think that's too much pressure being put on creative outlets or being put on our careers or being put on anything that we have to do. You know, sometimes I can get caught up in like the tasks that it takes to be a mom or even just to run a household. And I'll think like, I don't want to this to be my life. I don't want to just wash dishes and fold laundry and cut up chicken nuggets for the rest of my life. Like, I don't want that. But the truth is like, that's just a thing I'm doing within my life and I'm doing it within my life not as my identity, but as something that I do for a person that I love because I love them, right? So um, it takes so much pressure off of these tasks. They don't have to define us. They're just things we do within our life. Number four, the thing that can keep you from being productive is stopping when you hit a roadblock. You got to know that you are not the only one who fails. You're not the only one who hits, you know, hits a speed bump or hits a roadblock or something happens and you're not, you can't really complete the project that you had in mind in the time you had in mind for it. And it's hard, but at the same time, we survive. And 
it's just part of the process, friends. Like hitting a roadblock is just part of the game. And if we think that we're more fallible than other people, if we think that like our mistakes or the bad things that happen to us are uniquely bad, then we're more likely to give up when something doesn't go right. Whether that thing doesn't go right because of a mistake we made or whether it doesn't go right because of something that happened to us or something we can't control, if we believe that we are as good as we will ever be at something and that we are uniquely flawed, then when these things happen, it can be very hard to recuperate. But I just wanna remind you that you are not uniquely flawed. You are just as human as the rest of us. We're all messed up. We all have things about us that are great, things that we're good at, things that we're bad at, things about us that are terrible, and we all mess up every day, literally every single day. There's not a day that goes by in me doing my job where I don't mess up and where something doesn't happen to me that makes it harder for me to do my job every single day. And it's frustrating and I do it anyway. I just keep going. Sometimes I record an entire podcast and then that podcast gets deleted somehow. So then I record it again because that's what you do. You keep going. Number five, feeling unworthy. So here's the thing. There is no magic trophy coming your way that's going to tell you you're qualified or worthy of the titles that you're seeking. Titles come to us because we are doing the thing. Writers are not people who are destined to write. We are not chosen. Writers are simply people who are writing. People who show up and they write. That's it. It's as simple. We do it. There's no one judging you. No one, you know, there are critics. (laughs) right? But they're all going to have different opinions on every single writer. There is no be-all, end-all force saying if you get to do or be something. We're all worthy. We all suck. We're all trying our best, and we're all going to fail. It's just part of it. Um, You know, I wrote a book. It's coming out soon. Some people are going to love this book, and it's going to be the best book that they've ever read. Other people, it's going to be the worst thing they've ever put in front of their eyes, and they wish that I would die. Like, that's going to happen no matter what. It doesn't, neither of those things say anything about me or my worth or how much I should write because I'm a writer because I will continue to write and write and write. There is no, can I do this? Should I do this? Am I enough to do this? Am I worthy of doing this? It's just, am I doing this or am I not? Okay, so let's get to pleasure. So now that we have a sense of what would allow us the space and time to experience more pleasure, let's talk about the top roadblocks to type for allowing that pleasure to happen. Now, the fours that I know tend to have a strong grasp on pleasure. I learn a lot about pleasure from them. They're sensorial and connected to beauty and are great at lingering with sensations that feel good. However, here are the three things I see that can get in the way of them enjoying their pleasure to the fullest. Number one, feeling like they should be doing something else because they've put off the mundane tasks of the day. So maybe you have a day off, you're like, this is my day, I get to enjoy it however I want, do whatever I want, 
But in the back of your brain, maybe there's taxes that haven't been filed. Maybe there's a sink full of dishes. Maybe there's laundry that needs to be folded. Maybe there's like a smell in the kitchen you haven't identified yet. And these things you don't want to do because you don't feel like doing them and because you don't want to use your day off to do those things. But in your brain, the whole time you're meant to be experiencing pleasure and enjoying your day, you're feeling like a failure because these things that need to get done haven't been done. So you're feeling like, I'm I'm not doing what I need to do. I should be doing this thing, but I don't want to use my day this way. And there's like all this internal conflict about what needs to be done in order for you to enjoy what you want to do. So in order to make that possible, you have to just kind of think, I like to think ahead of time, uh, what will make my pleasure more pleasurable, pleasurable? For example, on Saturday, on my weekends, I have two days off in a row. And everybody's not like this, right? But for me, this is the case. So on Saturday, I make a list of what do I need to get done today in order for me to feel like I can rest tomorrow. And then I do those tasks. Sometimes that's laundry. Sometimes it's doing something with my plants. Sometimes it's running an errand or going to the grocery store. So that on Sunday, I can do whatever I want and I know that I've already done everything that needs to be done. It's been done. I can't think like, oh, the dishes need to be done. No, I've done, they're clean because I I took care of it yesterday because I knew it would stress me out if I didn't. So try and think ahead of time. Give yourself as much room for pleasure as possible by committing to doing these mundane tasks and getting them out of the way. Number two, comparing your pleasure to the pleasure of others. Is my pleasure the right pleasure? Would I be experiencing more pleasure if I looked like they looked, had what they had, was married to who they are married to? Things like that. So um, when we look across the road and we see people having a good time and think they look like they're having a better time than me, and if I were them, then I could have a good time too. We start to create all these qualifiers of the things that we need outside of ourselves in order to feel the way we want to feel. I need to be prettier. I need to be thinner. I need to be in a different relationship. I need to have like the more expensive fly fishing gear instead of just like the basic fly fishing gear because if I had the expensive stuff, it would be easier for me to do and then I would have more fun. And then we need to pause when those sensations arise, when that sense of like this something outside of me will make me feel better will make me have more fun, will make me experience more pleasure. Instead of looking externally in those moments, I hope and I want for you to pause and to get back into your body and explore your five senses, something that you're very good at. So when those temptations arise, when we say, okay, I need to get the top of the line fly fishing gear in order for me to enjoy fly fishing, Then when you're fly fishing, that sensation arises. Instead, I want you to say, I want you to put your hand in the water, feel what it feels like. I want you to smell the fresh air. I want you to look at the beautiful nature around you. I want you to listen for the sounds of the creek or the sounds of the animals nearby. I want you to taste, you know, the water that you have with you or whatever you're drinking or whatever you have with you really experience your five senses and just be grateful for that moment. 
And remember that you don't have to be great at something the first time you do it, and that you can get good enough on the gear that you have. And this is a photography tip that I got when I was starting out. And I asked, how, when do I know to, it's time to upgrade my gear? And they said, when you cannot improve without new gear, when you've maxed out the gear that you have. And I think that's the same with anything we compare ourselves to, right? If I think that like someone else's marriage is better than mine, have I gone all in on this one, given it everything that I've got, fought for it tooth and nail, made myself the best possible partner that I can be, loved with my entire heart, then at that point, do I still feel that way? If we're working on it to the fullest extent that we can, giving it everything, enjoying it as much as we possibly can, and it's still not working, then we can explore an upgrade. That's That sounds cold. But I think you're getting what I'm saying here. So if I'm fly fishing as another example, and I'm like, okay, I've learned all the basic techniques. I've got everything down that I could possibly get down. Experts are saying like the only thing holding you back is this rod that you have. It's not working for you anymore. Then I'll upgrade it. But I really want you to question the part of yourself that's looking for a solution in things that you can buy in what other people have and in how other people are. I really want you to question that. I want you to look instead at how can I be here now and feel the goodness and be grateful for everything that's already here. Now, I think this goes without saying, but I, just in case, because, you know, if you are in an abusive relationship, if you're in a relationship where they're harmful to you mentally, physically, emotionally, this does not apply, right? Like we don't go all in on that. <laughs> leave that, you know, you're welcome to leave that. You're welcome to leave any marriage. I'm not gonna, you know, that's your choice. If you wanna leave a marriage, you leave a marriage. But if you want to be present in your life and be grateful for your life, it starts with focusing on not what you don't have, but what you do have. Okay, final thing. The third thing that can get in your way from experiencing pleasure, not appreciating the pleasure while it's here for fear of it being over too soon. I think the day off example is perfect for this. Is I have a day off, I better make the most of it. And oh no, it's only, I'm 12 hours away from going back to work. Oh no, I'm eight hours away from going back to work. Oh no, I'm five hours away from going back to work. And for all of this time, I've just been on my phone worrying about my day going too fast. So I really encourage you to, instead of worrying about your day going by, again, being in the present moment, enjoying the day that you're having. And I think going back to that thing, that point from Morgan Harper Nichols, instead of saying, what am I gonna make of this day? What am I gonna do with this day? Saying, what do I want to do within this day? What will make this day pleasurable for me? And, or what would make this day feel nourishing to me. Maybe it won't be pleasurable to wash the dishes, but it will be nourishing, right? Maybe it won't be pleasurable to do my taxes, but it will relieve my stress. So those things can be just as valuable if we appreciate them as the things that feel much more obviously magical, like a trip or a road trip or, you know, these like big magical experiences with nature, things like that are beautiful and amazing and not the only way to experience pleasure. So appreciate the pleasure while it's here and release that tension of will it go away? When's it gonna end? 
when's this relationship going to end? Maybe I can't appreciate it as much as I would like to because it could end soon. And so then you forget to even appreciate it while it's here because you're so afraid of it ending. Or when will this good day end? Or when will this good season end? What if everything that I have falls apart? Come back to the present moment. Get back into your senses and appreciate what you have. Okay, friends, I hope you find this helpful. If you are a type four, I would love to hear if you explore any of these tips. Tag me on Instagram at Sarah Jane Case. If you do, I would love to follow along. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.